Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, amen. Good morning. Say, Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this very beautiful day, for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord God, that even in the midst of this world that is treacherous and out of control, your kingdom comes, your will be, is done. You have a plan. And, and Lord God, I pray today that you give us eyes to see that plan, ears to hear, a heart to know, to receive, to be released from the dictates of the dictator and to be brought into the fullness of your freedom and truth through Jesus Christ. I also thank you, Jesus, that you saw very clearly, you knew exactly what needed to be done when you came the first time, even though you were not observed or seen or recognized by many, you were very clear in what you had to do, the purposes to which you had come to live, to die, to give your life as a sacrifice, a ransom for us. I thank you for going through with the plan and not bailing at the end. I thank you, Jesus, for giving us power to conduct your business on earth, to power to loose, to bind, to forgive, Lord God, to declare, to forbid, and to walk in forgiveness. I thank you, Jesus, for the promises, the shields of God that watch over us, the angels that have been sent to help us uh, as the heirs of salvation, and the promise that no weapon formed against us would prosper and so, Lord, even as the devil be, bears down on each one of us to try to destroy, to try to discourage, to try to rip and shred and crush us, Lord, your shields and your word protect us. So protect our families this day as we go forward into battle. Protect those who work for us and pray for us and love us, that the ramifications uh, and the repercussions of our dec- decision to follow you will be managed by the power of your Holy Spirit and that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So we ask you to give us, and we speak today as the oracles of God. Lord, we ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name, because you are the faithful witness. You are the wonderful counselor. You are our teacher. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to guide us now. Amen. Amen. Hey, hidden in plain sight. You know, what, what's, what are we talking about today? Hidden in plain sight. Well, the- <laughs> You know, there, there's there's so much going on. What a statement, huh? Right. There's so much going on uh, spiritually, physically. It's just like you, you think of in the uh, natural world, okay? Mm-hmm. It's very, the whole ecosystem, mm-hmm. very, very detailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much going on. So much going on in, in outer space among mm-hmm. the planets. And, under the sea. And under the sea Within, and in the atomic, very in, atomic in, in, structure. Inside of us, yeah. In, in, the, in DNA, Mm-hmm. In, in the brain, in the minds of men. The so functioning of the body. The, yeah, in the operation of the physical body. And yet all these things are very obviously speak to the existence of a creator, of a designer God. And yet, so the question is, what's, I'm going to look at today, maybe what's on the surface, what's under the surface. We know Satan hides himself in plain view. Uh, and he does this because he has to get us to come into a passive agreement with him so he can proceed with his dastardly plans against us. So he takes advantage of our innocence and, like with Eve, spiritual blindness and uses our desire to be like God, as he did with her, to catch us on the hooks of deception and destruction. So really, if you, if you get a bird's eye view of what you're talking about, seeing it from God's point of view, um, what's really going on? Well, and then start take it from there. We can begin to unravel the mysteries of iniquity. And well, the we're very of limited. Obviously, you know, we're very limited in our understanding. I mean, God is omniscient. Mm-hmm. You know, He's all powerful. We are we are li- limited. We are created in the likeness and image of God. We have, you know, in will, intellect, emotions, all that. We have a spirit. We are spirit, mm-hmm. as God is a spirit. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, exactly. At, at the same time, though, we are. We are limited. We are uh, the, the wind. The okay. winds of the enemy are blowing constantly, swaying us. As and they're yeah. they're blowing all kinds of uh, you know, like when you have a big wind, 
you have all kinds of, of mm-hmm. you know leaves and yeah. sticks and matter blowing around. It blinds, and, 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 uh, that, that blinds mm-hmm. and chills or scorches. So we're in the midst of all this, uh, but yet we are not. Um, we're not hopeless. We're not defenseless in the midst of it. Well, sometimes it seems like that. We're, we're so inundated. Well, here's the by point. the operations to, of the enemy. To not be inundated, like you're talking about, we must know that we know what we know. We must be very clear in understanding the strategies, the warfare, God's point of view, and the truth. And the, the couple of things that, <clears throat> I, that the Lord showed me that are hidden in plain sight, and you've alluded to this already, but is, that the, is the creation. And like you said, nature itself, the testimony of creation, its intricate fashioning, its, its functioning, the ecosystems, how that this could not possibly be attributed to any act, accidental evolutionary, random chance um, outcome. Well, yeah, you know, Psalm 19, verses uh, 1 through 4, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Mm-hmm. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where the voice, where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. And their words to the end of the world. Okay, so their words, and what's the word about knowledge? Their knowledge. Right. They're giving us knowledge, the knowledge of God. The revelation of God is talked about in Romans chapter 1, verse 17 and following, is that there's, there's, God is clearly set forth without dispute who he is, the truth, even the stars testify to that truth. Well, God is testifying of himself right. through his creation he is the and throughout all the earth. You know, as, as I've traveled the world, and many of you have as well, whatever country you go to, you go to Africa, India, mm-hmm. uh, Europe, wherever it is, you look up and you see the same at night, stars. You, you, mm-hmm. see, you see the stars, you see the moon, you see the beautiful natural right. world In of obedience. creation, yes, even yeah. though we have abused a lot of mm-hmm. the the created world, the resources that God has given us. But yet there's a testimony there that you just can't say this sort of thing just happened. And if you can't say it just happened, then you have to give it a purpose and a meaning and an origin. And that's the whole point is to point back to the origin of God as the creator, God as the initiator of the earth. And, And this kind of begins to answer the first question, what is this place? What, why am I here? What, what am I doing here? How did I get here? But what is this place? And, be, you know, so to begin to answer the question of who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? I need to ask the question of, well, what is this place? Well, this place testifies, as you just said, to the presence and the truth of the glory of God. But it's, in, it's, in, it's like the trees for the forest. You can't see this handiwork of God for the fact that we're in it. We're so familiar with it. It's so commonplace. It's so ordinary and every day that we don't attribute any great significance to any of it. Right, right. It, it's, it's in plain sight, but it, it's hidden to our eyes because of our blindness of yeah. our own hearts. Well, that's exactly it. If somebody is looking and living in this world and they're blind, they wouldn't see any of it. They can't see it. They yeah. w- so therefore, none of it would, would impress them or make sense to them or be useful to help them to discern what this means, that well, again, we're here. Second Corinthians 4 talks about the... God of this world that's blinded yeah. the minds of those that do not believe. But well, Romans one twenty says, for since the creation of the world, doesn't say the evolution of the world, invisible attributes are clearly seen, mm-hmm. being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So there's no excuses. But, you know, the thing is, true science always verifies the existence of a creator God. It always has to come back to that. But, come, it, and it, that, that should, you know, uh, give us peace if we're at peace with that creator, or it should give us terror if we have not yet recognized or entered into a positive, holy, helpful relationship with him. Well, there's a, there's a little DVD we've seen a while back, and just, a, just an example, it's called The God of Wonders. It talks about, you know, lightning and clouds and water and the seas and all these things that really testify to the glory of God. And now, you know, really scientists and uh, physicians, those that work in healthcare, mm-hmm. should be the strongest believers of, of anyone, true well, scientists. 
because they see the intricacies. Well, or they, they observe them, but they don't see them. But the, <laughs> but, and they're blinded by their mindsets. And we're blinded yes. by the indoctrination. It's amazing how powerful this is, that the mysteries of God and godliness are being thwarted or resisted by the mysteries of lawlessness and iniquity that are also present within our world. And um, I think you mentioned something in Corinthians about, um, the, you know, the God of this world. Uh, has blinded their eyes? Is that blinded the minds of those that don't believe? Okay, is well, that first or second I, Corinthians? I think, I think it's Second Corinthians chapter four. Let me just um, see if I can find it here. Um, he says, uh, verse three of Second Corinthians four. And oh yeah, reading I see. Down, mm-hmm. uh, uh, starting there through verse six. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, King James says, even if our gospel is hid. Mm-hmm. Verse 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. So he's deliberately blinded their eyes so they would not. Right, see. right. That's his, that's his agenda, is to bind us and blind us and destroy us. That's mm-hmm. the agenda of Satan. Who do not believe, lest the, who is the image of God should shine on them. So. Satan is there to keep us from the light. Mm-hmm. He says, verse 5, we do not, uh, look at verse 6, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of, of the, the glory, glory of God, of God mm-hmm. in the face of Jesus Christ. So we are not without hope. And we're not without the message of right. truth. Well, but what we are without is the revelation of Jesus Christ until he reveals himself to us and we receive that revelation. So you can live in this world, partake of all of its resources, eat the food, enjoy the comforts, enjoy the provisions of God and never even recognize or acknowledge it. Yeah. See, it's not a hopeless situation because he says the God of this uh, world has blinded the minds of those those that don't believe. Mm -hmm. But he says the God now who commanded, originally commanded to light, the light to shine, to out, shine of out of darkness. Mm-hmm. He's sh- this God has done a miracle. He's mm-hmm. shown this light in our hearts. He's opened our through eyes, taken away our blindness through the gospel. The glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring us into the into the light to begin. To we begin so, to see Him, and and then hope as we grow in Him to begin to see things as they really right. are. So to be able to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Not just seeing the surface things, right. but what's going on under the surface. And the purpose and the meaning and the inter- eternal purposes of God. You know, another thing that's been hidden in plain sight um, is actually, well, let's start with the begin- the first coming of Jesus Christ, his birth. That was hidden in plain sight, in plain view. I mean, it was right there under the nose of of Herod and right there, you know, 10 miles from Jerusalem, the capital city, that Jesus was born in that town of Bethlehem, which completely fulfilled the prophecies. And then there were several other prophecies, all of them, all of them um, through his lifetime, Jesus Christ fulfilled, but not very many people. It was dark. It was night. It was, I think what had happened is after many hundreds and thousands of years of waiting for the Messiah, they had lost hope that they would ever see him. And this is the biggest, this is one of the biggest tools satan uses to keep us from seeing what's going on the unbelief of believing it can never happen it won't happen it is what it is it'll never change um and and so they had you know they'd gone on with their lives forget the promise forget well we'll just make do we'll do the best we can i think that's for us too the first coming of jesus christ um and and to us he comes first when he reveals himself to us as as the savior and that can come at any point in your life where you, where the revelation of the Holy Spirit comes to bring you, to quicken you, to light uh, the candle. The Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, um, searching all the inner rooms of the heart. And so when the Holy Spirit comes and lights that candle, we get quickened, saved. Our spirit gets activated. We begin to receive, we begin to receive the download of the revelation of God. And so, but this first coming, um, you know, obviously when they did catch wind, uh, when the powers that be caught wind that this was or could be a threat to the kingdom, they began to um, uh, mount, um, gather their forces, their soldiers, to go out and slay the innocent mm-hmm. to well, well, stop, the, stop the strategies of God. This is a powerful illustration of the fact that God has a plan. Okay, there's a 
there's a conflicting plan. There are conflicting plans. God has a plan that's unfolding little by little. Mm-hmm. Okay. Satan has a counter plan always that is unfolding little by little. Now of God's plan, some some of these plans are revealed in time. Mm-hmm. In, in time, in time means, they will be because the Bible in, says in that time, everything that we live in this mm-hmm. corridor of time, mm-hmm. some of it is revealed now, some of it is not. Mm-hmm. But those who trust in Christ, we live by faith. Mm-hmm. We we trust in the goodness, that's the whole point, maybe of wisdom it. and love, right? Uh, of well, God. what is the face that when when I see what I have, when hope comes, then it, it's no longer hope. It's it's substance, but faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance, it's substance, but it's still hoped for. And the same with this. There are many things I believe that we that have been purposely concealed, except as we go on with God, He reveals them, uh, because this is a walk of faith. It's not a walk of right out here in front of me. Everything is not as as it appears. Nothing is as it appears. Everything is, um, the enemy has manipulated pretty much every circumstance, every word, every conversa- conversation, every organization uh, made known to man to corrupt it, to switch and twist it around, pervert it into serving his purposes. So, so that's why we become, we become jaded, skeptical, and say, well, right. forget it, then I don't even want to pay this, play this game or be involved right. in this because if we're thing just looking, if we're Right, if we're just looking at how things appear to be, yeah. what things look like, or what mm-hmm. things feel like, yeah. and this is, this is how most people live. Yeah. Most people live according to the soul, through the, according right. to the five senses. Mm-hmm. Now, the five senses, what do we have? Hearing, seeing. Taste, smell, and, um, feeling, feeling, touching, touch, yeah, touch. So God has given these senses to us. Thank God for those because this helps us make our way through the earth, <laughs> through our life here. Knowing what to do. You know, if we if we if we lose our feeling, lose our hearing, lose our smell, so this we is lose how we it. gain information, we, gathering we, information. We gather mm-hmm. information. Okay, so this is a, a this is a great blessing. It, it 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 helps us manipulate or not manipulate but maneuver maneuver Man- maneuver the through the yeah. maneuver through our lives and mm-hmm. that's a the great gift and if you lose any one of those senses you're at an disadvantage mm-hmm. you know of course but uh, but in 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 those senses though however in gathering the information Satan always t- puts a tweak on it or a, per, a perversion on it or a twist on it. So that our perceptions are often misperceptions. However, we believe that they're true because we experience them. They come through our five senses and get calculated and, and disseminated in our brains as this or that. And we believe that what we're thinking or feeling or of experience is the truth. And so therefore we're, we're actually adopting uh, a reality, uh, an artificial reality that Satan has created uh, as a substitute for the truth of who God is and what's really going on. Even when Jesus was lying in the manger, and I've said this many times, you know, there, the reality was, look, from appearances, he was just going to be a ragamuffin, nothing. He had no, no power. He was laying on a bed of straw. There was no, po- no, no hope for his future. He was poverty-stricken. And yet he is the son of God. And this is the contrast between reality and judging by appearances and judging by the truth of God's word and what God says, because what God says is going to happen. And I think the biggest problem for many people in this hidden in plain sight thing is that we go with the sight and we don't realize we're being deceived. We, we, we look at the way things are going and we look at, for example, I'm just going to give an example. It's pretty prevalent, pretty, pretty um, well understood. How many years or months or weeks or intense, how intensely have you been praying for something or someone or some situation or for God to act or for God to answer, for God to provide for this or that. And the more you pray, the more you become disillusioned because of the delay. The more you, you, you're going by appearances and how it feels, how it looks, and you're beginning to conclude things that are negative and actually an obstacle to receiving that answer to prayer because you're coming into the place of doubt, double-mindedness, unbelief, bitterness, despair. Uh, just don't believe anymore that, that God is going to... So therefore... As God doesn't answer the prayer as you hoped it would look and come to pass, uh, as, you've per, have you, as you have prescribed for God to do it, it doesn't come to pass that way. And what happens is 
we begin to become bitter against God and or disillusioned with him. Or if we wanting other people to see the great glory of God and it doesn't happen and it looks like a big flop on the stage and we look stupid for believing in God, um, this, this actually in this initiates a whole negative reaction to prayer and it builds up a kind of a hardened surface of resistance, of blindness, of skepticism to God answering prayer. And the funny thing is that while you're praying and looking over in this direction for God to bring the answer from the east or from the north or whatever, that God has started the answer in some little hidden, obscure corner of the world called Bethlehem, yes. the baby in a manger, and you don't even see it because you're too busy looking at what Herod's doing right now and what the Romans are doing right now and how they're destroying your country and you can do nothing, you're powerless. And so, and you pray, where's God? Where's God? Well, God just sent the baby, but you didn't see that. God just sent the, the, the very thing that he is going to use to answer the prayer, but you totally missed it. Therefore, you judge God as being uh, independent, uh, undependable, Inde- yeah, not reliable, not worthy, not trustable. Uh, and so this becomes a hidden in plain sight where the answers are actually in the house. Oftentimes, you know, we look at our house, we say, well, I, I need this, 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 and this. And God will say, well, use what's in your house. And we, you know, what's in my house? Got nothing. The widow, for example, again, very desperate situation. The widow with the son, I think it was. Um, and, and so the prophet said to her, use what's in your house. Go take that little bit of oil, that little bit of meal or whatever it was, and begin and go get some jars from your neighbors and pour the oil from jar to jar. And as you pour, the, the jars will be full. You'll need another jar. She sent her son to gather jars. They ran out of jars. And she then sold the oil, but the, the, that was the one little thing she had left in her house. And so many times we are skeptical. What do you have in your house? It's your answer is probably right there sitting in front of you. And I know this is true for many of us. And you don't see it because you haven't, the, the revelation hasn't come. And so when the revelation doesn't come, maybe you need to pray instead of God, do this, 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 and I'll tell you what to do. Say, God, show me what you're doing. Show me what you've done. Show me what's already in my hand. Show me the baby in the manger so I can get on board with the awesomeness of what your plan is instead of sitting around and missing the plan because you're so disgruntled because God doesn't answer prayer. I think a lot of times we also think that when we pray, 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 and things get worse, 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 and worse until they can't get any worse, then we begin to say, well, look. I prayed. What did God do? You're right. This this prayer stuff does not work. Yeah. I'm tired horrible. of praying about this. It seems like there's. I prayed for this for years. Yeah. And things just seem to be getting worse and worse and worse. Or not happening. Or, I, or like Abraham, I'm getting older and older and older. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in in a situation like that, where where are we? It, it it has to come to the place then, where we just trust God, just simply trust. Well, His word. His we, word. We trust His Lord. Thing is, you know. Can I say something about you know, trust? A person is only as good as his, their word, mm-hmm. and, and God is only as good as his word. And his word is we have to come to the place where we believe that God's word is true. God's word is right. And here's the deal with God's word and coming to the place of believing God's word is right. The good news about that is you're already built by God to believe that. And a lot of people, you know, they feel very guilty, confused, judged by the enemy because they believe the lie that they don't trust God enough. Because if they would trust God enough, they would have had the answer to their prayer. If they would have had enough faith, they would have had the answer to their prayer. And so they they feel like they're condemned by an inner voice, which is not the Holy Spirit, which is not Jesus Christ, which says, I need to trust God more. And because Mm -hmm. I don't trust God, then that's why God didn't answer my prayer. Now, that would make God out to be a, a very conditional, very difficult God because he's going to have he's going to wait till your faith reaches a certain magic level or measure where you can you can you know you know like a bear where they hit the they take the mall and they hit the 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 whatever to make the bell ring. Mm-hmm. Your faith has to be strong enough. Your trust truth and uh, trust strong enough so that you can ring the bell. That's not that's not the way it goes. Here's the way it goes. God built us, made us created us, imparted to us, designed, innate part of us is to know and trust God. We already have been built to know that God's word is true, that God does not lie. In your spirit, you know that. However, in your soul, the devil is trying to dispute that by bringing in the appearances, the fear, the doubt, the the external evidences that God is not there. He's not working. He's not faithful, you know, you're on your own, he doesn't answer prayers. So in the debate between our soul and our spirit, 
like Jerry's saying, if you, uh, if you, it's not a matter of if you know. We do know that God is faithful to his word, that God does not lie. You already know that. So start with what you know instead of what you don't know when, you're, when we're discerning what's given to us in plain sight. And the more we, we walk in the spirit, the more we will know that we know what we know. And the more that we know, that we, the more that this hidden stuff will come into plain view and we'll discern it correctly and we'll see what's really going on. And also, it's important for us to resist this this lie that yeah. comes to our minds. Absolutely. God doesn't care. He's not interested. He's not going to do it. Prayer doesn't work. Yeah. He's going to do what he's going to do, and he really is disregarding the, That's the, horrible, isn't cry. it? Yeah, because that, that is one of the ways but, that the enemy really absolutely. undermines us, absolutely. discourages us. From, it, keep, it, from getting us, the true view of God. Right. So we mm-hmm. get a perverted view of God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get, Hopeless. You know, and without jumping too far into this, we get a perverted view of God through mm-hmm. uh, religion, through mm-hmm. church experiences, yeah. stuff like that. And we can maybe look at that a little bit Some other uh, day, later. Huh? <laughs> but, but, but going back to that for a second, what you were saying, um, you know, the, the, in the soul, the devil is, is raising an argument. He's, he's creating debate to challenge or resist what you and I know. And this is the battle of faith. With your spirit, you know that God does not lie. You know God's word is true. You know when it's all said and done, everything that's hidden is going to be revealed. All, all the secrets, all the secret sins, uh, the things that have not been confessed, obviously, they're going to be revealed. And so that God will be vindicated in his um, judgments and that Satan will be exposed in his corruption. And for this to happen, we... If, you, if God didn't build us to already know the truth or recognize the truth when we see it down here, we would, there would be no way we could recognize the truth. You have to have the ability to, uh, to, to know the truth before you can be responsible for, for rejecting the truth. Does that make sense? Right. You have to be able to discern the truth, and God put that in us. It's not a, it's not a, a percentage. Half the people got it. Some didn't. Some didn't. It's everybody that's created by God, made in his image, loves the truth, resonates with the truth, doesn't always have the truth, and sometimes can be deceived by thinking he has the truth when he doesn't. But when he finds the truth in the revelation of the Holy Spirit, he knows that he has the truth. And so when you know that you know what you know and you have what you have that, and you know that your life is not all about you, it's really about the battle between God and Satan, then things become very clear very quickly and you're not pulled in with some subjective offense, being offended or hurt or, or, or disillusioned. And, and, and um, well, really what this gospel is, it's the revelation of truth. Yes. Of Jesus and, Christ. And, and our acceptance of that, our acceptance of the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you know, to the glory of God. And his word Father. is true. And, and what he and, said and, is going to happen. Yeah, Right. And, and, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And it's like, okay, I, I don't, faith is, is, you know, understanding. So many times we live by our understanding, but then our understanding gets confusion. Um, per- misperceptions, confused. yeah. But faith is a knowing, even though you don't understand everything. It's a knowing and a trusting even though you don't understand what's going on at the time. I, I trust God. I trust God his character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I trust yep. his goodness. I trust his righteousness. I trust his plan, that he has a plan that's working together for my good, for his glory, right. that I don't understand right now. And that's also very hidden in plain sight, the goodness of God. Because mm. because we go with the circumstances, what's happening, and the and the demonic curses, and the demonic judgments that have come down the bloodlines, and Satan is using all of that to persuade us that there isn't God is not good. That's his second agenda. First is to corrupt my own sense of who I am, and the second is to corrupt my sense of who God is. So God's goodness is hidden in hidden from us because we are looking the other direction. We're looking to the soul. We're looking to reasoning. We're looking to um, uh, for looking for we're looking to outcomes. You know, if you would have looked at the outcome of Jesus dying on the cross, another very good example oh. of the way things looked at the time. It, Jesus looked like a bloody mess. He looked like every the opposite of everything he said he was or came to do. He was dying, and they 
were mocking him, throwing back in his face, if you are the son of God, raise yourself off that cross, come down off that cross. Um, you know, you, you saved others, save yourself. And so this was where Jesus absolutely had to shut down the temptation to save himself, come down from the cross, prove himself right, and, and shut their mouths. Because what they saw in plain sight was not what was really going on at all. What, what they saw was not what was, what, the, what was really going on was hidden from them because they were uh, pulled into a place of, of rebellion against God and, and bitterness and hatred and that, blindness. That's blindness. almost an, you know, an ultimate example of hidden in plain sight. Mm-hmm. You said the appearance was just like, this is disaster, this is shame, this is reproach. Ugly. Yeah, God's failed. But it was, mm-hmm. it, and it was the most beautiful work of God ever. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was the bringing forth of his plan since that, that was developed before the foundation of the world yeah. to bring us light and life. He who knew no sin became sin, sin for, for us, us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But let's let's go back here a second. We usually make a distinction. You know, we well, we do, but a lot of other people don't. And the way what I want to say is this: we we tend to think that it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. we hear right. that all, oh, yeah. all the time. Good. You know, well, you know, I don't really like my job, and I got to do this and this and this, and people I work Life with is, are kind yeah. of jerks, but. You know, it is what it is, and I mm-hmm, kind of get mm-hmm. through it. So there's reality, okay? Sometimes, so, yeah. we, th- sometimes we equate reality with truth. Exactly. But reality is, yes, something definitely is going on here that mm-hmm. say that we don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 20 below. It's mm-hmm. uh, That's uh, reality. My family is just going crazy. Yeah. Uh, I ran out of money. My car just broke down. Yeah. All that stuff is reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really going on mm-hmm. in time and space. Mm-hmm. But within all that, there's truth. Above and co- comprehending all of, over, uh, encompassing all of that or overriding all of that. Well, within, within, within the, all, within so reality is, is truth. Yeah, and, yeah. Truth is the over, truth is the bottom line. Truth is the all encompassing. But we get stuck and caught in our reality. It's like living in a snow globe, and, th- and that's reality, but the snow globe lives, is present within a, a context of the world. Um, we're, we're trapped in this snow globe. We're trapped in our realities and our perceptions, and, and those, many of those are lies, and we're thinking there is no deliverance. But, you know, and, and in all kinds of uh, aspects of society, whether it's religion or politics or entertainment or health, or families, or or uh, food, air. There's a battle in this world. The God of this world has set every necessary thing in a place where it can become an, an, a weapon against us. Even the water we drink, the air we breathe, the food that we, the eat. Food that we eat. Right. And so the reality is that these things are being used by the enemy and very corrupted. But the truth is that God is also in the midst of us, God is able to deliver us. God is able to protect us from the, the EMFs and the, 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 mis, the, the frequency uh, uh, disruptions. Yeah, disruptions. Bombardment disruptions. Yeah. Uh, with the shields of God. So in the midst of, of all, but, but we have got to, if we're living in the context of, the, of this world, which we are at this point in time, the best and most safest place to be is in, the, in, the, in obedience to the will of God, which means that we're... we're the will of God is that we know him, that we love him. It's not a particular, do I buy the pink car or the blue car? It is an attitude of the heart, being willing to know and rest and rely upon, trust, surrender to, be at peace, rejoice, um, and, and praise God for anything. In, every, in everything, give thanks, Paul was saying. Rejoice in everything. And so these are the, the, this is the way we respond to reality. Now, this doesn't mean I'm going to tempt God. And if God says, you know, um, you know, there's no recommendations of aspartame in the recommended food list of God. So that doesn't mean that I'm going to tempt God by eating all, drinking all these diet pops and sodas and, and, and gorging myself with sugar and trying to replace the sweetness in my life with an artificial sweetener or with sugar. When the sweetness in my life comes from God, and by the way, when the sweetness has gone out of our lives, we get, to, we get sick. There are many diseases that are hooked into 
the loss of that sweetness and that hope in our life. And one of those is diabetes, for example. When the sweetness has gone out of your life, this is just a reality. Now, i got diabetes, reality, blah, blah, blah. But really, the spiritual truth is that the sweetness has gone out of your life and that however you're living your life is being driven and drained. And so just a food for thought for some. But so you're right. We are stuck in, trapped in, uh, tempted to believe that reality is the truth. A lot of times... Are and that we, hides us from the truth, the, the hidden in plain sight, because right. we're we're distracted by reality. Well, like a lot of times our reality, it just seems like things are so out of control. Okay, it's so our first it, reaction so, is to try to control it. Try to control. Yeah. You know, in, in in the world, there's there's all kinds of chaos. There's all kinds of information. There's so much going on in our li- in our world in in our lives that we uh, have no control over. So one of the things that we want to, uh, uh, what we want to do to make our way through this mm-hmm. is, to take, is to take control. Yeah, grab you a know, hold. How many mm-hmm. TV commercials do you see mm-hmm. that talks about, well, take control of your health, take control of your life, take control of your finances your and stuff feet, like yeah. that. It's, it's, what well, you, yeah, right. What, what, it's all about you and what you want to do, but that's, that's another lie because the fact is um, we're not here to even um, subdue this world. God gave us the original uh, to subdue the animals, um, you know, be have authority over the, the, the world and the earth, the, the populations of the species and et cetera, the fish of the air. He gave us dominion over all those things. But at this point in time, we've given that power and authority over to the evil one through that first transaction with Adam and Eve in the garden. And since then, we still have authority. We still have power. But it's at this point in time, in the reality of things, we have to go to the power of God in order to... And he has given us power. He says, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we still have that right, that authority to declare, to forbid, to uh, release to um, forgive, and and yet many people live. They don't. They don't. They never open their mouth because of what they can't see. They can't see the power uh, uh, to declare the word of God, the purpose of God, the presence of God in the midst of a very difficult situation that looks horrible and out of control. So the thing is, again, we are because we can't see it because we're blind. And that spiritual blindness, by the way, another thing that creates a, a spiritual blindness or you can't see what's hidden in plain sight, is this, this um, activity of judging. When you judge someone, you, you look, you see, you, you, you observe that they do something that, that's, you know, maybe you're even judging them according to what you think is the word of God, and they're disobeying the word of God. They're, um, you're judging them. Uh, you're not just discerning it, but you're actually in your heart um, considering yourself as better than them, you're, you're holding them responsible for their behavior. Um, and by the way, holding someone responsible for their behavior uh, is maybe not our job. That might be the job of the judge. But we, when we judge someone, we, I'm not going to, you know, obviously parents have to hold their children responsible for some. We're training them. God chastens and trains us as well. But when we take on that authority that is not ours to control others and to make them do what we want and judge them, um, and render to them a judgment, we are actually taking on the position of a judge. And when you do that, like, for example, the Pharisees, they were judging Jesus, that he was um, uh, breaking the law, that he was, uh, he was not willing to stone the adulteress, that he was, that he was uh, stripping the grain and, and his disciples and, and working on the Sabbath by eating, harvesting grain to put in their mouth to eat chew on the way to church. Um, you know, and, very, and, and working on the Sabbath by healing people that he was, they were trying to find him fault, fault with him and judge him according to the law that he was breaking the law. When in fact he was not breaking the law at all. He was fulfilling the law. He was fulfilling and, and, and actually kind of um, uh, the law was becoming fulfilled in him. And at the same time was becoming obsolete because the law could not do what only the death, resurrection, shed blood of Jesus could do to provide for us the righteous covering that we needed to be restored to God. So the Pharisees were judging him. And in the fact, judging him as being unspiritual, un, you know, uh, I don't know what they're, you know, not right with God, whatever. 
they themselves in that act of judging became what they were judging. And this is always what judge not lest you be judged is a, a scripture, a verse that Satan uses when he catches us, sets us up, provokes us to judge someone else, to find fault with them, to not forgive them, to to hold them accountable, to become angry, to become, you know, the judge over them, make ourselves better. Uh, I, the, the Pharisee that came to the temple and, and says, I'm so glad I'm not like this publican who, you know, sits at the back of the church and strikes his breast and saying, Lord, I'm not worthy. But the Pharisee says, I'm so glad I'm not like him. I fast two times a week. I do this, I, that, I, all these religious things he was uh, patting himself on the back for doing. He didn't realize Jesus was watching the whole thing and said, now who went down to their house justified? The man who was boastful and proud and, and judging himself as fine and good and wonderful or the poor man who said, Lord, have mercy on me. So the same thing, this blindness set into the Pharisees that they could not see, that they were not the judge. They had they'd usurped the position of a judge and they were actually in need of being the plaintiff. They needed mercy. They needed forgiveness. And, and, you know, the many parables Jesus told about those who were forgiven and then re- refused to turn around and forgive someone who offended them with something even less than what they had been forgiven for. And that, that offended, angered the, 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 the judge that angers God when we won't forgive others, when we yet ourselves are in need of great mercy. And God says, if you don't forgive Jesus, says, if you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. And so when we take the position of judge, we become spiritually blind. We're judging reality and not seeing the bigger picture of that I need forgiveness. I need mercy. And I have no right to put this person in that place of me being superior and uh, judging them for what they're doing. Because you and I really don't know the whole story. We have the plan within the plan. We think, oh, yeah, they're, they're being this, they're being that. But you don't know why. You, you, you really don't. We don't. We judge them, but we don't have the whole story. Right, exactly. And, and Jesus said, you know, uh, by their fruits you shall know them, regarding the false prophets. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and Jesus said John's, in John seven twenty four, do not judge according to appearance, right. but judge with righteous judgment. In other words, he's talking about the difference. There's a difference between condemning someone and say, this is it in the idea, like you said, that we know the whole story. And exactly. we don't, only God knows the whole story. Right. At the same mm-hmm. time, we can judge fruit. That if discern it. Yeah, I think discern the word it, discern it. This is judge, good. Well, this is, the Bible says a tree is known by its fruit. So if you have good, healthy, uh, disease-free apples coming off the apple tree, you're going to say, hey, that's a really good apple tree. The tree produces good fruit. Out of there. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks too. So you can actually discern a lot of fruit by what people say and how they act and how they respond under stress and under circumstances that are difficult. But going on with what you said in John, also chapter 9, Jesus had just um, healed the blind man. And the Pharisees had given this man a, a considerable amount of grief and interrogated him uh, because he was saying that he was healed. They wanted him to retract his statement and and get him to say what they wanted him to say but he says one thing i know that though i was blind now i see and they couldn't get him to take to take that back and so ultimately then jesus found him a little later and jesus heard that they had cast him out verse 20 uh, 35 of john 9 jesus heard that they had cast him out so they had you know this man had withstood persecution for righteousness sake and when he found him he said to him do you believe in the Son of God? He's going he's gonna to give this man an opportunity to confess uh, what he has already began to take a stand for, but maybe hadn't articulated yet. And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? In other words, the man is saying, I want to believe in him. Who is he? And Jesus said, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. In other words, it's me. I am the Son of God. Big. That's a big uh, shock to reality when you don't think you're going to be talking to the son of God in any conversation, especially if you're a blind man or who's been cast aside your whole life. And now you have a conversation, you have an audience with the son of God. This is a pretty, uh, you know, this is a pretty huge mega step of faith, uh, leap of faith. Uh, but he said, and Jesus said, you have both seen him and it is he who ta- is talking with you. In other words, I have entered into your reality. The truth has entered in, stepped into your reality, your meager, horrible, blind, difficult life. 
truth has stepped in. The Son of God has stepped in. And with that stepping in, he has bought this, brought this man um, his sight, this man who had never seen a day in his life, um, who didn't even know what he was missing in some ways. And then he said, Lord, I believe. And he, and he worshipped him. He, he, you know, I'm sure he made that statement and had the actions to go with it, probably fell down, worshipped him. And Jesus said, this is, inter- this is what I'm aiming at here. For judgment I have come into this world that those who do not see may see and that those who see may be made blind. In other words, the, the Jesus Christ is bringing to, to, into plain sight things that have been hidden if you are willing to receive it, if you are willing to let go of your paradigms and programming and say, you know, and fall down and worship him, Lord, I believe. This is the, the, this is the beginning of the revelation, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. And then, uh, and, then he, and then some of the Pharisees who saw, who were with him, heard these words and said to him, are we blind also? So I think they were starting to do a little self-examination. Are we blind also? And Jesus said to them, now these might have been Pharisees who were actually kind of interested, maybe softening in their position. He said to them, if you, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. Now, this is a very interesting con- uh, a concept that for those who are blind, those who are ignorant, those who have no uh, revelation, there's not going to be anything required. They're not being considered as sinning because they're not willfully choosing something um, they don't even know. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, when your, your baby spills its milk or dumps his spaghetti on his head, you're not holding him re- responsible or accountable because he doesn't know. Uh, how you sit and eat properly. But you say, I see, I know, I, I, I understand. Therefore, your sin remains. So only the people who have either acknowledge or think that they know what's going on um, and declare that, you know, the Pharisees were declaring, we know what's going on. We've got the truth. We're the masters of, of spirituality here. And so um, we have a right to judge. He says, those people are the ones who are going to be in jeopardy of, of sin because they are they have no innocence they have no uh, to protect them and I think in some ways I this is this is a maybe I don't know for sure on this one but in some ways I think that's why Isaiah said um, that God blinded the eyes having eyes they do not see having ears they do not hear and Jeremiah Isaiah chapter six I think he was pondering this dilemma. Um, well, part of that it was it was a judgmental kind of blindness. Mm-hmm. It was okay. it was the blindness was a a judgment or an effect of people mm-hmm. rejecting the truth. Okay. Yeah. Well, here here if he said yeah resist, right. If you resist the truth, resist the truth, resist the truth, resist the truth, mm-hmm. you harden your heart and you come into a place of spiritual. Blindness. Well, Isaiah was responding to the Lord's revelation of him when he saw the seraphim, and Isaiah was permitted to enter into the glory of God for a few moments, and then he says. Um, uh, this coal had touched his lips and he says, your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. I also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom shall I go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And he said, go, this is God talking. He said, go and tell the people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they should see with their eyes or hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and return and be healed. So what he's saying um, here is a very, it would seem very counterproductive to God to allow this spirit of hardness or blindness um, to continue or dullness of hearing to continue to be on the people. Uh, but, um, but, but it also shows you that they are blind. Uh, we are blind stuck on, looking at, hearing, perceiving, sur- submitting to a series of uh, reality, things called reality, instead of seeing the seraphim and the heavenly plan and purpose of, of, from God's point of view. So the people were ignorant, kept in the dark, uh, and until they got the understanding, they would not be able to return or be healed. And so in some ways, when he's saying that in John, it makes sense that he says in John chapter 9 then, they, if you were blind, you would have no sin. So if they were blind, um, they would have no sin. But now you say we see. So in some ways, it seems like there's going to be different um, levels of responsibility or accountability, I guess is a better word, 
for people who, to whom much has been given, much will be required. And so for those who have a deeper understanding, like God is not going to expect the little five-year-old who just gave his heart to Jesus uh, to understand, comprehend, to be, be accountable for as much as he would uh, a 65-year-old who's been serving God for 40 years. So it, it, it makes some sense. It doesn't mean they're not both saved. Salvation is not the same as um, that eternal. The reward system is, is one of the rewards, obviously, is salvation, but that is that is given to all who call upon the name That's of the Lord. Gift, you know? That's a salvation gift, right? Salvation is not a reward. It's, it's That's a gift. right, it's yeah. It's a gift, and, and the reward is according to our works, according mm-hmm. to our right. obedience right. to the yeah. Lord. You know, what Jesus said um, in... Uh, Mark Matthew six twenty two and twenty three. The lamp of the body is the eye. Mm-hmm. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. In other words, your 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 perception. Your per- yep, you'll be your able actual to see perception. It. Mm-hmm. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the mm-hmm. light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? That's exactly what the Pharisees had. They had this false light. They thought they mm-hmm. had the truth mm-hmm. and. And it's hard to reach people when they're so convinced that they're right, that they're right, and that mm-hmm. they know the truth, mm-hmm. and they totally don't. Think so they not. they think they know, they think they understand, they think they're smart. Minus. They've got all these maybe. But maybe they col- think they have co- spiritual understanding. College degrees. They or know the. Stubborn. They've memorized the word. They you know whatever. They've got a mindset that. You know, they think they're into the and they're poor, wretched, blind, and naked, and have need and no and think they have need of nothing. Yeah, that's That's what Revelation says. And they don't recognize their need. And I'm not, yeah. They think our we can all fall into that. So every day, it's Lord, have mercy upon me, um, and open my eyes to see, and open my eyes to the blind spots in my own life. Yeah, that's a that's a really good prayer, a a great attitude. Well, and the, it's an essential attitude, I, I believe, for us. And the and the the third way that we that things are hidden in plain sight, we have, of course, the creation. We have Jesus' first coming, and now we're on the second coming, where God is coming again to carry out uh, His word, the final um, revelation, restoration, judgment of the earth, etc. We're moving very quickly into those days. Uh, for the end of the age. Um, and so in the midst of this, we have people who believe that, that he's coming again, uh, and they are carrying out the Great Commission. They're harvesting souls. They're giving of their lives and their resources for the urgency of the cause uh, that, that none should perish. Um, so they're conducting their lives according to the truth, according to the word of God, the revelation of God, go into all the world, preach the gospel. But we also have people, <clears throat> and they're actually conducting this harvest in the matrix of the deceptions of humanism and evolution and fear, pending doom, uh, the frantic work of Satan to create an artificial intelligence, artificial world, uh, transhumanism, to destroy the humanness of the human being, to corrupt our DNA, to make us ineligible, to be saved. He's just frantically working to, and on many fronts, um, every front, to bring the culmination of this battle between him and God to a successful end for the enemy so that he can actually take complete dominion of the earth, purge and expunge from the earth all of this detestable uh, virus called Christianity or believing in God. And so in the midst of all of this, the kingdom of God is coming. And so one thing to understand in this reality versus a truth is that it's going to look really bad. It's going to look like God is given up, not there. He's mean. He's judging. He's everything. But we need to know the truth that this is moving towards what Jesus Christ and the word of God tells us, the coming of the Lord. In Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, and it says of Jesus, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, it's not a, a big bill, you know, not a big hoop-de-doo. It's significant, it's powerful, it's wonderful, but it's not according to some 
outward Well, just like with just in the Bethlehem scene. Right, yeah. Nor will they say, he see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Right. The kingdom of God, uh, Romans fourteen seventeen says, is not food and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Yes. So the, the, there's a there's a working of the kingdom, a growth of the kingdom of God, the rule of God, the authority of coming, God right. with individual hearts and lives. But also in the greater picture, not on the broader scale, in Second Thessalonians, we have a very good look at exactly what the coming of this lawless one is going to look like in the culmination and the return of Jesus Christ well, yeah, this in is chapter a, this two. Is, right. This is the counter. <clears throat> this is the counter agenda. What this is to the, we have the God's plan, agenda, right. The then, king, yeah, the by kingdom come, the kingdom mm-hmm, of God. Mm-hmm. And then there is the deception of the enemy saying, Oh, here, here is the kingdom of God. Yeah. Right. Here's the one you need to look to. Right. He's the antichrist. But Jesus says here, giving us, or actually Paul, this huge hint of very clearly describing what it's going to look like so that the hidden will now be in plain sight and that we will not be deceived into taking the mark of the beast. For example, he says, let no one deceive you, verse 3 of chapter Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, the day is capitalized, will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin uh, be revealed the son of perdition or the lawless one who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, <clears throat> showing to himself to be that he is God. Showing <clears throat> himself, this revealing is the, him. giving the appearance right. that he is God. Uh, and then he says, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things. And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his time. He, the Antichrist, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, even in the midst of, of all of what we perceive to be reality and peace, peace. This mystery of wickedness is already only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. He being probably the Holy Spirit, with the capital H or the people, the believers of God. And then when he's taken out of the out of the way. It says, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So until the, um, the restrainer is taken out of the way, that would be either us as the Holy Spirit manifests in and through us, uh, and that's how the Holy Spirit dwells on the earth, basically, is through us. When he, the Holy Spirit, is pulled back into heaven, we'll have to go with him. And then, then the full reveal of the mysteries of lawlessness and the true heart intention and character of the Antichrist spirit who's posing as Christ, who's deceiving many into believing he is Christ, who's doing the signs and lying wonders, because it says here, um, then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume. The coming of the lawless one is according to the workings of working of Satan with all power, signs and lying wonders. So we're going to have the false miracles, the fire from heaven and all of those kinds of things. To per, it's kind of to per, persuade the people to believe that he is, God, he's Christ, and with all unrighteous, de- unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth and they, that they might be saved. In other words, they were never able to sort out what's in plain view from what they thought was going on. The reality has overpowered them, and they've lived in the wrong, uh, you know, the wrong set of uh, information. They've lived in sight and feelings and soul and and the unrighteous, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they may all be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. When this thing is all said and done, there will be no question about who's on God's side and who is not. When you refuse the love of the truth, by the mercy of God, there may be those who will pray and intercede for you that you'll be brought back into the revelation of truth. And that's where we pray now that the spiritual blindness will be taken off of us and our loved ones. But when people harden their hearts, a spiritual blindness comes in and they cannot receive the love of the truth. That's when they're going to take the mark of the beast. And that's when, you know, the the lines are going to be clearly drawn with all unrighteous deception. And it says, for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion. Now, God does not lie. God cannot tell lies. God does not deceive, deceive us. God does not tempt us, according to James. But what is happening here is he must permit the enemy, the deceiver, to gather up that which is his, that which has followed him, that which believes in him. And to do that, he has to permit this 
strong delusion to go among the people uh, to gather them in who believe the lie because the, all, the whole thing is based on whose report do you believe. And so we have to understand. Um, yeah, you got one more verse? Yeah, actually two. <clears throat> Hebrews 4.13, it says, There is no creature hidden from his sight, God's sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give, give account. account. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus said in mm-hmm. uh, Matthew 10, the last part of verse 26, for there is nothing covered yep. that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. That oh, is yeah. the, the evil will be will exposed, be exposed mm-hmm. and also goodness will be exposed. And, ex- righteousness and the righteous will be, will be vindicated. Absolutely. And those who have been in positions of power and had opportunity to be righteous but despise righteousness will be brought into the judgments of God. So, Father God, we thank you that you've got this under control. It's yours. We, we just rejoice. We rest. And we ask for the revelation of Jesus Christ that you'd res- restore us, release us from our own personal uh, fortresses of spiritual blindness or hardness of heart, that we would be receptive and open to the grace and the gentle goodness of God in our lives, even when we're tempted to be skeptical and hard and jaded against you, Lord God. We ask that you forgive us and that you'd open our hearts, our eyes and minds to see and understand who you are and that you are good, that your word is good, that you do not lie. Father, we ask for blessing upon each one in Jesus' name. And we invite you to check out our websites, liferecovery.com, for more, uh, more of these rescue radio shows, and truelightchurchmn.org, if you're looking for a place to go on to church on Sunday. God's best to you, and Amen. thank you so much for listening. Amen. Because there's a war for your soul.